If you enjoy this show, subscribe to youtube.com slash comic pop for even more deep dives into your favorite comics. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland, a mysterious, all-powerful character, but a crusader for law. Hey everybody, welcome to the Ellsworth Exchange. I'm Sal. And I'm Jules. So today we're going to talk about some of the most legendary creators in comics mm-hmm. and possibly erect some form of metaphysical Mount Rushmore. Yeah. And see if we can boil it down because I, I want to give credit where credit's due, but I also want to embrace the challenge that Joel set before me, which was create a Mount Rushmore of comic mm-hmm. book creators who among the legions of influential people can we pick Right. To say they are the ones who should be immortalized. And I think, if I may, there could be a couple of special monuments that are just for other ca- other creators as well. Yeah, if we're making the Pantheon, if we're making the Museum of Legendary Comic Creators. Because again, when I put my little list together of candidates, I'm like, man, this is really hard for an art form like comics because you got to consider writers and also artists. Because it's like, with this guy or gal's words be as legendary if it didn't have the pretty pictures to back it up and in some relationships it's like who who was really doing the heavy lifting on this one i'm sure there'll be a couple duos where it's like well if you put this guy in doesn't it seem like you're discrediting the artist or you're discrediting the writer for everything they did that's a fair point that's an interesting dilemma that i did not foresee but i'm sure no one does it alone in comics no uh, so we're going to hopefully get a chance to also just address certain care, certain creators and say, like, listen, if we left out one of your favorite creators or they don't make it onto the Mount Rushmore, <laughs> it's not to say that they aren't the best, your favorite or even influential. It's just that there are others and the criterias are kind of all over the place. Much like the real Mount Rushmore, where it's like, okay, you know, freed the slaves, united a nation. Hey, how'd that fourth guy get on there? Oh, he was friends with the sculptor. Really? He was friends with the sculptor? Seriously? Yeah. That's how he got on there? No right? shit. Yeah. You mean the one who who instigated the Trail of Tears? Yeah, that one? Yeah, that one. The one who's on yeah. the 20? <laughs> yeah, that guy. Also, too, our Mount Rushmore won't be on stolen native lands. Yeah. No, no, this will be more, this will be, uh, what, what do we call it? Well, it'll be an NFT. Oh, yeah, there you go. Because people love those, and those aren't going away anytime soon. No way are they going to get rid of NFTs. Those things are to stay. Those are forever. And (laughs) stupid as fuck. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the live show. If you're watching the show live, you can also sponsor today's episode by using Super Chats. You can ask a question or comment. We'll read it here on the show. Uh, I'm sure you'll have your own favorites. I'm sure we'll be huge assholes for not making them. But hopefully, we'll get a chance to at least address them. We'll be able to say, hey... So-and-so is amazing. They're influential. Here's why. Yeah, this feels like a positivity show. (laughs) Someone in the chat says, what's an NFT? Well, you see, an NFT is basically a Captain Planet villain device that spits out money and creates pollution. Exactly, exactly. It's just, it's it's an invention, you know, like the pop-up ad, where it's like one of those things that shouldn't have been invented, but someone thought like, I think I can I think I can do this. <laughs> and the creator looked out and said, I have become death destroyer of worlds. Exactly. Uh, real quick, Static Nova says, I just turned 18. I got my first job and I wanted to send some love to the people who got me into comics. Static Nova, that's very kind of you. Thank you very much. Congratulations to you. Uh, save your pennies. Because the apocalypse is coming. Patrick Lawson, <laughs> like the new time, start the weekend off right. Thank you, man. Yeah, normally the show is on Tuesdays. We're changing things up more than you might think. Uh, there are going to be some significant changes up here at Comic Pop in the next, hopefully, couple of weeks. Uh, and hopefully you're okay with them. Uh, we'll see all what new, happens. All different. All new, all different. It's going to be very different, but very similar. A lot of the things you like nothing's really changing but yet everything is so we'll see how that goes uh kevin Kruger also wants to give a quick shout out to howard mackey he's up there right dear god no uh listen i will say this about mackey mackey uh is an inspirational story Mm. you know no formal training no experience in the industry just shows up as a kid gets a job stays there forever gets to write the biggest characters in marvel comics and become a major editor and he's also like just a lovely, affable guy. If you ever meet can't him, can't ask just, for more than that. You can't go up to him and be like, Mac, you thanks for the clone saga and kick him in the nuts. You just, <laughs> he, you talk to him for more than two minutes and you're like, all right, well, he did create Jenny catch. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's bizarre. 
and another Joel, Joel J. Hey, says, wow, hey Sal and Joel, love having the show on Fridays. Well, thanks, man. We'll see how it goes. Much appreciated. And the Black Knight, thanks for your help, man. Whoops, there we go. So, uh, and of course, Juwan Fincher. Thank you very much, Juwan, for your support. Mm-hmm. So, Joel, uh, did you have criteria? What are what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I'm trying to think. You know, who are you know creators? that left an indelible impact on the industry. You know, who are the people that comics would not be the same without? And also, you know, who made strides outside of comics too? You know, who was a good ambassador for the art form and everything? You know, who was kind of a net positive? And also to who stayed consistently good throughout their career, which is another tough criteria because I think some creators who are like, oh, well, so-and-so, I'd be like... But really, though, like, yeah, right. they may have one or two timeless classics in them, which is more than most people. Yes. But still, can you not argue that their output, they made more bad than good? Mm, interesting. Interesting. Is there anybody that embodies that criteria for you that makes you go like, yeah, this person should, by all rights, get their accolades and recognition they deserve, but they ain't going on the statue? I mean, I didn't want to start throwing elbows in this street fight so early on, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, Frank Miller, I mean, yep. true uh, indelible classic. He's on the Batman Hall of Fame. He's on the Daredevil Hall of Fame. Uh, he's on the Neo-Noir Sin City Hall of Fame. But does he get to be on the Comic Hall of Fame? No, I don't think so. I think he's at the point now where he's made almost more bad things than he has good things to say nothing of his behavior like inside and outside of comics where it's like, you're a little embarrassing sometimes, Frank. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. You are our crazy Uncle Frank and your family and we love you, but stop ruining Thanksgiving, Uncle Frank. <laughs> <laughs> See, for me, Frank Miller never even entered the discussion. I, I love Frank Miller for his contributions and for his... Uh, ambassadorship like he mm. managed to bring in a ton of uh, of new blood into the comic book industry because of his That's influences true. and his own creativity is undeniable and i will worship the work that he's done that i adore until the day i die uh, i i i am an unabashed fan of quite a bit of his work but like you said i can't necessarily put him on the statue i think that frank's gotten the accolades that he deserves. And Frank, I think, would be the kind of person who wouldn't even want a statue in the first place. True enough. He never seemed like that sort of person. He's like, no, I just want to do the work I want to do, man. And hey, you know, you talk about uh, influences outside of comics. If he didn't make, uh, what was it, Ronin? Yeah. Maybe Gendy Tartakovsky wouldn't have been, uh, what is it, inspired to do Samurai Jack. So, you know, you want to follow that train of thought. Exactly, exactly. Like, similarly, I want to throw this out there because I think it will be controversial, but I want to get it out of the way because I need to acknowledge the fact that Siegel and Schuster are some of the most influential in terms Mm. of their creation of Superman. Indeed. They helped create the whole genre, basically taking it from the pulps to the superheroes as we know it. Yes. They created Superman. And that's not much else. I mean, listen, there's something to be said for being first. True. And not only did they create Superman, Lois Lane, Lex Luthor, all that. Slam Bradley. They invented Slam Bradley. Don't forget. Oh, right. Don't forget that old chestnut. Their other thing. For me, Siegel and Schuster are undeniably influential and important. And Mm. they deserve not only royalties and credit, but also recognition and uh, accolades for their contribution. But I will say that Superman did inspire you know, the trend, or at the very least could have inspired the trend. But you'll note that Captain Marvel outsold Superman (laughs) upon his first debut. And it wasn't until after they aggressively went after Captain Marvel that Superman kind of like became the top dog. I, I feel like the concept of a Superman Mm. would have taken off regardless it would have prevailed i think there would have been somebody the problem is and here's the other thing okay so i i'm the guy who's saying siegel and schuster aren't going on the monument but i do need to say that it's the perfect lightning in a bottle of the origin story 
Mm, yeah, right? they definitely nailed that. Also, too, uh, a perfect codifier for creators who never got their rights during the day, and it was only later where you know they kind of recognized for what they did, and basically the company had to pay them before the new Superman movie came out, so they didn't die because that would be really bad for them. Also, uh, I forget if it was Siegel or Schuster, which one ghost wrote Superman for years. They didn't even put their name on it, so they like slaved away writing stuff that we didn't even know till years later they wrote. There's definitely something to be said about that. I think they definitely deserve a haul in the wall of uh what is it, you know, creators' rights and those who didn't get theirs at the time. I was a friggin' lootly. <laughs> at the end of the day, I think that Superman is a character unto themselves. They mm. inspire the superhero genre, but did they did Superman all on his own inform and dictate the comic book industry and the superhero genre? I would argue Superman dictated the superhero genre did Siegel and Schuster change comics mm. I don't know I will say mm. that they did that comics would not be the same without Superman true enough so I will say that I think they need like a Washington monument kind of thing I like that too the Siegel Schuster monument I yeah. like that a lot actually hey uh to Schuster also could probably get ahead on the Canadian version of this Mount Rushmore because people forget that you know Superman American dream all American yeah, drawn by a Canadian, but we don't talk about that. <laughs> no, no. I mean, like, listen, we appreciate our neighbors to the north, and we'll 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 give them their credit, except we won't. Uh, really quick, Psycho Red says uh, Jim Shooter making this NFT. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Jim Shooter. We got to get him on the show sometime. Jim's a Jim's a character and a half. Boy, uh, is he. Jimmy Jonathan Lee, hope you're doing all right. Got accepted into a scholarship. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. Anyway, does an editor count? Because I feel like Jim Shooter is a worthy choice due to being both Marvel's editor in chief in the 80s and wrote Legion at the age of 14. Yeah. Jim Shooter is a character and he is influential, but he's not influential to the industry necessarily as much as he's influential to comics at Marvel at Mm. that time. He did kind of generate and i've said this a thousand times that jim shooter is probably responsible for some of your favorite things at marvel probably if we did an editor hall of fame yeah i think he'd be a strong shoot-in for the editor hall of fame yes uh taylor pester says one of my picks is ed brubaker he's been putting out consistently great work for 25 years whether the big two or indie Mm -hmm. yeah he's a good he's a good creator he he makes good stuff and still pretty young, too. Like, that's the thing. There's a lot of guys who I really love now, and women, too, who I'm like, ooh, I should put them on there. Give it a decade, and we'll see. I think Brubaker is closer than just about anyone else in his class of like, yeah, okay, in a couple of years, we can justify putting you in the uh, what is it, in the Legends wing of right. the museum. Because it's like, yeah, some of the greatest Captain America stories ever written that got turned into amazing movies, you know, mm-hmm. great wonder woman runs all his spy fiction and spy work for people who like that the dude kept that genre alive in comics almost entirely just out of you know love and appreciation and everything and got people to pick up more indie books just through the power of his name right right but i i I didn't even consider him for this list uh that being said (laughs) uh deb m i'm looking at a couple legendary dudes right now well you're very sweet deb thank you very much um so yeah, uh, here's another one that I'm going to knock right off of the monument, right off the bat, with a big old sledgehammer. <laughs> and uh, pun definitely intended. Bob Kane is nowhere near this monument, and here's why. Mm, agreed. I do appreciate that. Like Bob Kane did co-create Batman, mm-hmm. but I feel like Bob Kane has gotten every kind of recognition and accolade he could have ever imagined must much less litigiously justified yeah so i think that if we were to create a mount rushmore it could only be fitting that my pick for the first head is bill finger Mm. if only for the proportionate response to bob kane's influence over that character Mm. in the pop culture zeitgeist to say this dude influenced the most popular superhero of all time informed rogues galleries Mm -hmm. and the and multiple industries both comic and movie yeah to the point where it's undeniable and it's inexorably tied like I don't think that the movie industry would necessarily even consider comics if they didn't know Batman was a sure thing. 
It's true. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's nice to see, you know, we talk about creators rights and everything's, you know, the eternal battle between artist and writer and who really did what it's nice to see the arc of history and the pendulum swing the other direction for Bill Finger and go, no, he really did all the hard work and the heavy lifting. We know that now Kane was more an ambassador. Yeah, and and not like how Stan Lee was an ambassador. Mm. But I, I will. But I'm going to say, Bob Kane. If you've ever looked up Bob Kane's headstone, it is ridiculous. Oh yeah, and it is a monument unto itself. So I think he's got his monument. Yeah, like Bob Kane has culturally speaking been synonymous with Batman from its inception up until I would say within the last decade. So you're good. You got a good run. Absolutely. Decades worth of top billing that no one can take away from you. That's right. That's right. And every piece of iconography that Batman has been associated with for the bulk of the character's existence has your name indelibly printed on it. Yep. So you're good. But I will say, you know what? In I think it's just and this is one of those things where it's like for me, this is my you know what? Bill Finger only created Batman, but like. I'm going to put him on the I'm going to put him on the on the on the statue because of just how fucked he got. It feels right. Does it? it's like this is, you know, history going the right way. We're using statues the way they should be. People will remember this. This guy mattered. He was there and screw the other guy <laughs> and screw the other guy. And it's just it's it's just a big middle finger to Kane, which is so fine was, by me. That was my pick for that. Uh yeah, um, I'll name the channel later. Says uh, I love the show here, guys. Uh, two of my personal favorites: Aww. Brian Michael Bendis for holding it down for Marvel with Ultimate Spider-Man, New Avengers, Jessica Jones, Miles mm-hmm. Morales, or Dwayne McDuffie. Where do I even begin? Agreed with Dwayne McDuffie. It was uh, on my list too, actually. Yes, for later on, where it's like, look, what the man did in creating his own company at a time when that never really happened, creating characters that stuck around despite disinterest and you know the burying of other companies and everything the fact that people still love static and hardware and icon and rocket and everything and that they're coming back is huge the yeah. stuff he did out of comics in animation like uh yeah he helped do the justice league show you know your favorite version of those characters that was him, him in a yep. lot of ways you know you young people who grew up with the ben 10 that was also him yeah yeah. And everything man did so much and, you know, was just like, you know, a beacon of uh, diversity and everything and was also not afraid to speak harshly of the industry he was into. Of course, there's that now legendary letter. Uh, what is it when he's talking about Night Thrasher and how much oh, he yeah. freaking hated him? <laughs> and yes. And talking about doing a Justice League book and be like, I wanted three black characters. I'm like, you can't have three black characters because it's, it's a black book. He's like, well, fuck you then. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. And also, fuck you. Like, yeah. No, I, I I agree. Are you submitting uh, Dwayne McDuffie for the monument? Uh, he was definitely uh, was there. He he was an alternate on mine for like the mm. fourth phase because I was pretty sure about my three. But I'm like, yeah, you should probably put McDuffie in there too at some point. I had a couple where it's like I can't decide my fourth, so I wrote a list of people who it's like who should be the fourth. Yeah, because I have f- I, I I I need to knock out one. Uh, it's not McDuffie. I think that Dwayne McDuffie is his influence is undeniable. His uh, his presence is unquestionable and taken uh, from us too soon. Also is the other thing. He was not that old when he died. He should have no. had so many more years of making cool shit. Numb. Agreed. Uh, I think that it would almost be more impactful if Dwayne McDuffie, I mean, he has a number one in reality. Dwayne McDuffie has a foundation maintained yes. by his widow, which one, if you're ever like, I have extra money, donate to the Dwayne McDuffie fund. But, uh, McDuffie deserves <clears throat> something a little bit with a little more like distinction and separation. Like mm-hmm. not the, not, but I, I feel like McDuffie deserves like, like a hall, you know? Yeah. That'd like, be nice. I, I don't like the idea. I I'm all about inclusion. I like the idea of like, you know, it's all these different types of people. Like we got women and like people of color and all kinds of different all together, standing to each shoulder to shoulder. But I also mm-hmm. feel like it's really important to acknowledge as a as a affluent white person, I <laughs> feel that it's important to acknowledge the contributions of blacks and comics. And I but I really do believe that. And I really do feel like there needs to be like some kind of thing like, like a, an art school scholarship like or an something. art school. Sh- well, I was going to say like a monument, like its own kind of monument that is a memorial 
Hmm. that like young people of color can see and go like the everyone in this looks like me mm. and it inspires them as opposed to being like look a bunch look like three white guys and way mcduffie mm. <laughs> like yeah i feel like it would be more impactful if there was like a destination where it's like look at all these good people have accomplished i'm talking like you know you you, you could put Dwayne McDuffie next to like Dennis Cowan or Chris mm. Priest, et cetera. And just be like the, look at all the things these great people have created and they, like it. and they look and lived like us. Like, yeah. I, I, I feel like that's more impactful than being like, and I'm going to shoehorn Dwayne McDuffie because he wrote some, some, some fun episodes of justice league. Like he's done more. And yet, you know, when it comes to the formation, like the comic book Mount Rushmore for me is like a statue commemorating the creation of, comics right like the the thing itself which is why for me will eisner's on my list will eisner was number one on mine too actually because it's like look the eisner award is named after him guys he also represents a very very important historical tie between comic books as we know it and comic strips and the pulps as we know it that guy exists as this like connective tissue between all these worlds that without we would not have comics as we know it right see that's the thing is like for me the reason why i would say eisner is because like comics don't look like comics without will eisner like mm, will eisner pioneered the way in which comics are made mm -hmm. and as a result like if you if you take him out of history does anyone come in and fill that gap maybe and maybe at some point years later but eisner's the guy who engineered what comics look like how we read them and how they're presented to us even if you never read the spirit yeah even if you, you you could have never even heard of the spirit eisner made the comic in your hand end of story so that is me, why his like, name is the top honor in the industry exactly uh black knight mentioning uh gardner fox for all the stuff that he created mm. at dc i also i also might consider fox and the see, reason yeah. oh god I was going to say, see, I see your Gardner Fox and I raise you Denny O'Neill. Mm. See, comparing O'Neill to Fox, I think is apples and oranges because without Denny O'Neill, undeniable editor, incredible creator, uh, author, his influence on Batman, notwithstanding, created so many things you don't even remember he created until you read the Wikipedia. It's like, really? That was an O'Neill invention? Really? That too? No shit. Yeah. But I fear that, like, Fox, as uh, uh, since he created the JSA, mm. and at all, like, you don't get superhero teams without Fox. True, back when it was a novel concept, something that hadn't really been done before. People like reading one hero. What if many heroes in one book and more bang for your buck? I, I think he's also credited for creating Justice League, too. So it's like, mm. without J JSA and Justice League, you don't get Fantastic Four, Avengers, and literally everything else after that. Like you need, I'm thinking people who created the, the template by which we measure or... or, or create from there you know what i mean a so for me it's like better yeah it's a trendsetter it's a it's dude who said like why not this and this is the thing that everything you don't get x-men without gardner fox fair enough and it's like that that's why i thought about it but i'm like you know i'm not married to it i'm just saying that's one of my that's one of my picks uh what was it todd uh tenny says hey guys super hyped to get you live for once you both have taught me so much about comics and Aww. led me to many new stories salute to you both we'll salute to you too todd thank you very much um what about, uh oh we i had one that was not a uh a word or yeah it didn't have stuff in it here we go patrick lawson how about claremont or jim starlin uh joel are they on your list uh, I definitely considered, uh, what is it, Claremont and this. I mean, like, here's the guy who's like, hey, you love X-Men? You love the media franchise that is X-Men? Well, you don't get it without Claremont. They canceled the book before him. And again, Claremont, just such a freaking glut 
of stuff the man created where yep. some of it goes unused for years some of it comes back in interesting ways the man you know pioneered ideas and like just just the concept of the hellfire club yeah and everything is just like man this dude this dude was on another level he was pulling stuff from other places and again he he helped pioneer the comic books as soap operas right true oh yeah no claremont's stewardship of 50 characters and keeping them all straight and giving them all motivation and direction and everything is something to be hailed and celebrated seems herculean it is yeah and he's definitely the front runner for my x-men mount rushmore oh yeah i mean it starts with claremont and then speak amongst yourself there <laughs> i mean honestly maybe even a marvel mount rushmore but True uh enough yeah but comics all comics I say nay to both Claremont mm. and Jim Starlin. I love Jim Starlin and I, I you know, I, I'm not the world's biggest fan of his cosmic stuff, but I also recognize how important it is. But again, cosmology, Marvel, it's just that one. It, despite the fact the man created universes, it's it is just technically one universe, you know, and it's but like it's a pretty endearing universe. <laughs> yeah, like same deal with Dave Cockrum. I love Dave Cockrum for his costume designs and his influence. But again, X-Men, not all of comics. I mean, if we're going to talk about Claremont, we should also talk about Wolfman and Perez because, I mean, same yes. basic idea. What if superheroes had real problems? What if we tried to tackle some real issues with this stuff and everything? Again, what if the costumes looked really cool and trendy at the time and everything? And what if it was young and sexy and hip and everything? Yeah, and it, and it matters. Like, you need that, right? Uh, They're definitely on the DC Hall of Fame for the same reason. I'm like, look, you don't have this, this, and this without Wolfman and Perez. Completely. Now, I love Wolfman and Perez. Wolfman and Perez deserve uh, some kind of like, again, like one of those. They should have a statue that is in the same style as that new Teen Titans cover. Oh, I like that a lot, actually. That's really fun. Did you see in the new uh, Nightwing book, the pizza yes. place he goes to is named after them? Like, oh, that's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, that that new Nightwing book has tons of reasons to love it. Absolutely. Uh, Razel Faustus says, finger guns, uh, jokes aside, I think Jeff Johns deserves a ton of credit for upending Green Lantern and defining what is modern Green Lantern. Uh, here's the thing. And uh, Joel, I want you to weigh in on this because I know you have some opinions sure. about Jeff Johns and particularly Green Lantern. I think Jeff Johns uh, is a prolific creator. I think mm. he is a great he's great at writing action and he is a fan definitely and that's really cool i don't think that I, I think that if jeff johns didn't exist there is anyone else who would up who, who would rise up and do what jeff johns has done there's nothing that jeff johns has done for me that would that that changes comics forever unless you want to go in the other direction with it where mm. Jeff Johns normalized nostalgia or weaponized it mm. and turned it into a like publishing decree. Right. Uh, I, I, I love a lot of Johns's work, but I also don't know if I could ever give him credit as far as being one of the most prolific creators in comic history. Uh, I definitely think I like Johns a little bit more than you, but I do agree. Yes. You know, you could argue that a lot of the dependency that both companies have on nostalgia right now springs from him. He's a man who, again, despite all the work he's done that I really love, all the stuff that really affects me. Again, uh, DC Rebirth number zero, when the Flash is embraced, that's beautiful shit right there. That's yep. so nice. But also, too, a man who finds himself in some hot water right now as we record this as well. So the shine kind of came off of just a little bit. Well, not and only yeah. And then it's like, oh, I love the Stargirl show and everything else he's involved in, too. The man for all the stuff he did outside of comics. Now, again, a lot of that wasn't always good. The original Green Lantern movie. And yeah. His yeah. name's on that. I will say the embrace at DC Rebirth number zero or whatever is uh, beautiful and amazing. And if Jeff Johns didn't exist, it wouldn't have had to happen because he wouldn't have brought back Barry Allen in the first place. <laughs> like, Ooh. remember, that's a great moment that Jeff Johns literally engineered because he needed to have Barry Allen come back and shunt Wally West into obscurity and irrelevance. So, mm. like, don't be too quick to pat him on the back for something that he brought back after he wrecked it in the first place. Yeah, he's also a guy too, still fairly young, still has much of his career left. Yeah. I don't think it's right to really judge that yet until his career is done. There's still much more Jeff Johns to be had in the future, I'm sure of it. Totally. 
Uh, John Fedden or Fedin says, I a little help for the guys who have reinvigorated my love for comics as a UK resident. More Morrison and Abnett rule the rule the roost. Thanks for you guys. Genuinely. Thank you, John. Uh, thank you for your support. Yeah. More Morrison and Abnett. None of the names that I put on my list. All of them were deserve recognition. Yeah, that's right. I did not put Alan Moore on my list. Interesting. See, again, I would say if you did the UK Hall of Fame or the UK Mount Rushmore, then oh yeah, you got to put all the British invasion guys on there, and that's an excellent place to start. Yeah. I think you could argue Morrison has earned his place on it, maybe with you know taking comics in a more mind bendy direction, you know, giving us you know landmark runs that were never topped on stuff like Doom Patrol and like these weirder concepts that may not have gotten any love if he did not throw his own considerable star power behind it the guy who reinvigorated justice league at a time when it really needed to be reinvigorated yeah. and kind of brought that to a new generation who even now and here's another thing still working and still yeah. working hard and again man that's superman and the authority you seen that shit <laughs> no i've not seen it Man, Superman and the Authority, that shit looks so cool. He's got a new costume and Midnighter and Manchester Blacker on the team. I want to read that. Okay, I checked that out. Listen, you're at, you're not wrong about Morrison's influence and his impact. Uh, I just got to say, Neil Gaiman and Alan Moore, uh, Trump, Morrison mm. for me, in terms of subversion and uh, off-the-wall insanity, uh, if, you know, if you're measuring you know, greatness by that. I, I do appreciate Grant Morrison. And, you know, as far as him cleaning up just like good for him, I mean, I'm glad he cleaned it up, but like, you know, you could have hired anybody to do that. He did it, you know, in a great expert way, but is that enough to justify him being one of the most prolific or most influential creators in comic book history? I, I mean, say the nay. I mean, the man has certainly done enough, but again, you could, you could further, I was going to say, he's done a lot to, you know, bring comics to a wider audience. I'm like, well, is he bringing comics or is he bringing himself to a wider audience? He's done a good job marketing for himself. Grant Morrison's greatest invention is Grant Morrison. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. No, and I think, a, yeah, go ahead. And his ability to market it. I'm like, well, I kind of love Morrison's kind of weirdo outsider rock star sensibilities, but it is apple and oranges because then you compare it to the very wholesome, very power of stories, you know, Neil Gaiman. I'm like, well, I don't want to lose either because I no. like both actually a whole lot. Yeah. Nor is Gaiman on my list either, but I will say more Morrison Abnett Gaiman. That's not a, that's a hell of an English Rushmore and I'd be proud to go visit it in, uh, in Liverpool. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's one of mine. Uh, Captain Kuhn, Brian Michael Bendis, and Mark Bagley set a good example for what Ultimate Marvel could and should have been. Also, a two-in-one reprint of Marvel uh, Ultimate Spider-Man 22 and 23, my first comic I got hey. as a child. So I could be biased. Yeah, I mean, like, the Ultimate Universe was a response to where they were and what they were trying to do. It's a marketing... At the end of the day, the Ultimate Universe was a marketing gimmick that turned mm. out great, and it was an opportunity to tell some really, like, truly original stories that people, like, that resonate with people and 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 give them hope and, 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 and purpose. Uh, and that is undeniable. Did it influence comics? Did it change anything? Mm. Um, I would argue that it died with a whimper, and <sighs> no one has been able to bring it back despite their incredible star power or, like insistence upon it i mean i would argue marvel knights is almost as if not more influential on marvel itself than the ultimate universe and yet kate's miniseries marvel knights Ooh. who gives a shit didn't and even finish it <laughs> I, I did and i wish i hadn't it was such a waste of money it was not oh, a God. bad story but it was just a dull one and it didn't do anything to really justify its existence which is a real problem and you know i would say marvel knights all the creators from marvel knights but again you know marvel knights is just bolstered by its by by a smart editorial team that's like who's hot who who is working and telling original stories and we could bring over and make mm. our stories feel more original uh, i mean you know, great. I, I mean looking from a bigger cultural thing there uh if you didn't have Bendis and you didn't have Ultimate Spider-Man you wouldn't have Miles and they put Miles in a movie that ended up winning an Academy Award so it's like that's pretty good that's yep. pretty big and even if you know Bendis stopped doing comics tomorrow I think he's more than carved out his own niche in there never will we forget the name of Brian Michael Bendis for better or worse and again Agreed. maybe he falls in that direction too where it's like well is his output more bad than good these days like a Frank Miller but man the stuff when it's good is really good isn't it the funny thing is for me with when it comes to Bendis it's not like Miller because where Miller created everything Miller creates you remember whether yeah. it's good or bad 
you only really remember the good stuff from Bendis. The mm. bad stuff, the really bad stuff you might remember or you might misremember. Like, yeah. oh, I hate Ultimatum. He didn't write that. That was Loeb. But like people tend to forget that the stuff that isn't great from Bendis isn't mm. the worst thing in the world. It's True. not socially irresponsible. It's, it's just, just like, man, that wasn't great. You can yeah, it's better. just like, oh, why did I waste my money reading this? Like that's, it's disappointing. It's not devastating. That's a very good way to look at it. And again, workmanlike creator working his ass off, works six months in advance on like five different books. Man's a machine. You can't stop him. You can't slow him down. Yeah. Rusky 910, one of the trademarks of Legends is how they changed a character forever. The problem these days is that the big two won't allow such changes to stick. Mm. The fact is they don't have a they don't have a say. At the end of the day, the big two don't have a say in what sticks and what doesn't, no matter how badly they want it. When they undid the spider marriage, for example, all they wanted was for people to move on. It's why they were like, no, new, no old characters. We want to just create a whole bunch of new characters during brand, brand new day. Just just assault the readers with new shit, new status quo, so that we basically bury the old readers in brand new readers. And what are people talking about 20 or what is it? It was 2000. Yeah, like almost 20 years later. People are still talking about the spider marriage. People are still asking about when they're going to do that. Still bitching about about Mephisto. No one is talking about Menace or the driving guy. Oh, Overdrive. Yeah, no one remembers like that. that, uh, Because new fans become old fans very quickly. Yeah, no one remembers that like Bob Gale from Back to the Future like wrote an entire run that Roger Stern returned to Spider-Man and wrote a run. Like nobody remembers any of that crap compared to... Yeah, that compa- I was like, Bob Gale, he wrote Back to the Future. He's going to do an amazing job at Spider-Man. Nope. Not only nope, but also like, oh, he did? You know, like, that's not, people are only talking about the things they remember. The big dude don't have no, they don't have an exclusive right to what people care about or, or mm. deem important for their characters. They wish they did. How, despite how badly they want to. Uh, Speed Vescu, uh, one of my favorites, Renee Gust. Goshini, uh, one of the creators of Asterix and is oh. is no good. Uh, inventor, yeah. reinventor of Lo- of Lucky Luke and the master of both hilarious puns and social commentary. Nice, getting some European love in there because yeah, that's another thing. So you and I yeah. have our North American view on comics and comics. It's a whole other world everywhere else in the world where they got their own champions and their own uh, people right there and their own legends of it. I love. Uh, that reference right there. In fact, uh, I will see your European uh, influence on mm-hmm. comics and I will raise you underground experimental comics. I believe this is the place on the wall that they would normally reserve for like a Robert Crumb. Uh-huh. For obvious reasons, we're not sure. going to put Robert Crumb on there right now. Uh-huh. Instead, I would say uh, Trina Robbins, who was a female champion of underground comics, did a bunch of really crazy experimental stuff back in the 60s and 70s, was a rock star in her own right, hung out with the Birds and Jim Morrison. Cool. Later, later on in life, became like a major archiver for uh you know women in comics and women creations in comics i think her strip she actually had like the first out lesbian character ever so that's pretty cool mm-hmm. so i would definitely put in her in that definitely someone to research everyone in case you don't know trina robbins super cool person also on the same note dan o'neill the founder of the air pirates again oh. a dude who showed that comics can be dangerous and subversive and anti-capitalist and mm-hmm. all these other things and definitely someone you should pay attention to. the air pirates for people who don't know they were like a comic art collective who their thing was like hey let's just draw mickey mouse in a bunch of compromising <laughs> situations that'll piss yeah. off the disney corporation and it did oh i'm sure yeah uh, quick shout out also to Herge, who created Tintin. I used to read those mm, as a kid. Again, influential, nice. but also European doesn't, you know, their their influences met. But, you know, Art Spiegelman, we didn't talk about. Uh, but again, it's Mouse, it's a, it's a different, forgive the pun, animal <laughs> than what we're talking about. Uh, Charles Schultz, same deal. It's like more comic strip, but, you yeah, know, the comic, comic strip. strip and the comic book, it's a whole thing. They're, yeah, I, they're cousins, but not the same thing. Then you got Waterson and everything. No, we're going to stay. Keep comic strips over there. Uh, Wendy Peeney from uh, ElfQuest, like the, the one of the like longest running things ever. Mm. We're not going to talk about Cer- Cerebus uh, because Dave Sim, um, etc. 
uh cam bowen love y'all's content one creator on this money has to be jerry conway i love jerry conway again like he's a workhorse and he's amazing and he's not only created some of your favorite stories and influenced some of your favorite characters but also still working today and can write like they do today 30 40 years later which is amazing i love that creator i think even just for that like there should be a jerry conway award for Mm -hmm. like people who still got it all these years later and the guy who's managed to change with the times as you said not sound like an old man and be you know responsible on so many issues especially when it comes to the matter of the punisher a character who you know he created or co-created or created i can't remember he he wrote well he he didn't draw him so he's i guess technically a co-creator but yeah he came him, up with the idea but him being like yo can we maybe try and take this symbol back because i don't want this shit to be my legacy i hear you nice and i'm like don't worry jerry <laughs> you, you've done lots of other very good things we promise this but again another guy who fought for creators rights everything because he also did firestorm and they didn't give him credit on those cw shows until he complained about it and then That's they right. gave it to him yeah and i'm sure he got paid more than jim starlin ever did for thanos Wow. Uh, St. Lucia also wanted to mention Bruce Tim, Paul Dini. They forever changed the perception of the Justice League and guided mm-hmm. TV movies and games, not just comics. Bruce Tim and Paul Dini, I think, honestly, would rather be acknowledged with Emmys than they would ever with comic book awards or with comic book acknowledgments. That's true. They're like, oh, yeah, you can put me on the mountain, but I'm just going to polish my Emmy a little bit here. Yeah, my daytime Emmy looking good. Yeah, they they got a lot of good time. If we were to do a whole thing for superhero animation, they they got their own wing. The- totally. It- in the museum uh that we're also, building now it was going to yeah. be a mount rushmore but now we're building a whole museum and filling it with legends yeah i had this beautiful vision of at this like museum with mount rushmore and all the stuff like that like there is a wall like a like uh, along the entrance uh that is just a blank wall and the tribute to the like underground creators is like a spray paint oh that's so good uh psycho red says if there's any anti nft chuck austin is on it (laughs) it's it's funny uh taylor petcher if he hasn't been mentioned already denny o'neill yes we did mention him i'm glad that uh we got some love definitely deserves to be on there both as a creator and editor yeah and editors that we need to like shout out for editors at some point true enough because yeah there's a lot of really good editors where some of your favorite stories might not happen if it wasn't for a strong editor yeah elizabeth russell also agrees with you about grant morrison uh grant morrison's great batman writer especially his portrayal of the joker yeah i'm, I'm warming up to more to morrison's approach to the joker mm. uh it's an interesting idea i i'm i'm warming up to the idea only because i pr- i much prefer a more subdued joker than the one where we've been getting over the past like forever what, over 20 years yeah it's just been a little too much for me uh jimmy jonathan lee back uh, i feel jerry siegel still counts because he wrote the silver age supergirl and superboy stories uh again it's super it's not that. that uh also I, does bennett still count considering his recent work sure because yeah, it's, it's not like he didn't it's not like it undoes what he did now and he's still giving uh, furthermore on the super fan thing Otto binder yet another guy who wrote a lot of super i think he came up with the phantom zone i think mm-hmm. he came up with like a lot of crypto the super dog like things that we just take for granted. Yeah, yeah absolutely no they, yeah you could you actually like it's funny because that's the other thing that i was i was hesitant to mention about like the seagulls and schusters is a lot of the origin a lot of the like iconography associated mm-hmm. with superman is like a patchwork but, like we think it's this beautiful thing that like was birthed out of one idea that came later a lot of it came later uh tevi of course says peter j tomasi and jorge jimenez creating super sons that is your mount rushmore my friend i know mm-hmm. that for the for a fact uh jay rizzle 07 uh been a fan for years it's our first time catching you guys live love the content keeping it up keeping it up uh on the road to 100k and then okay. to a million yeah maybe <laughs> thanks a lot jay appreciate it speaking of jimenez there i would definitely say that uh jimenez has earned his place on the wall of queer comic artists and creators yeah. too so that's definitely one absolutely that's something we didn't even i i haven't even touched uh not for any reason other than i didn't even consider that was a thing we should definitely be talking about it's, well here's the thing in my research it's hard to find a lot of golden age and silver age people who are out they probably were but we won't know no because uh, of the politics at the time true uh, for that matter, I also want to shout out to William Moulton Marston and his wife. Yeah, uh, there you go. For their creation of Wonder Woman and their influence on the pop culture from there. Again, Wonder Woman's interesting. Uh, the, her origins, and I, I mean like behind the panel origins, are Very. actually much more interesting than any of her comics ever were. Tell me uh, and arguably, would they have created a female strong independent super character at some point without her? 
Yeah. We sure but, hope so. Yeah. But uh, the Marston's invention of Wonder Woman is undeniable. And uh, and the fact that it is fascinating and, and, and important can't be denied. Like, Wonder Woman is its, it's its own thing. Even just the frame of reference, too, where it's like, this is going to be a hero inspired by Greek mythology yes. and the classics and all this other stuff. Kind of kind of fancying up comics, kind of arting it up a little bit and being like, no, this is actual, this can be important, you know, mind-expanding literature. And again, he was a professor himself, so there yeah. you go. And uh, was it was it he or uh, Byrne who invented the lie detector machine? Uh, no, it was him, actually. Milton Marsden helped okay. uh, invent the lie detector, which how freaking crazy is that? The man who invented the lasso of truth actually yep. helped invent the lie detector. It's amazing. Uh, Algae try what? I'm catching an actual live show of the greatest podcast in comics, the Elseworlds Exchange. Make Aww. it rain. Thank you, Algie. We really <laughs> appreciate it, man. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being here with us. Uh, Cam Senses came into support, but my choice is either Darwin Cook or Dwayne McDuffie. Mm. Sending love and digging the Friday spot. Thanks, man. Yeah, I love Cook. Cook is one of those artists that like I love, and I will never like stop singing their praises. I, I feel like it's influential to artists. Mm. I don't know if Darwin Cook can go on the Mount Rushmore, but I do think again, yeah. like I'd love a statue of just the Justice League from New Frontier. Ah, I love it. The Cook like monument. Him with his pencil and everything, like he's drawing them to life. Yeah, coming out of it, yeah, that'd be amazing. Again, uh, you see, I, I, this is the hard thing about comics because it's the eternal push and pull of like who who should really get the credit here, the writer or the artist. It should be 50-50, but unfortunately, we can't put two at a time on the statue. Exactly. Uh, Gunga thirteen, <coughs> great idea for an episode. Some of them be on my list: Kirby, Morrison, McFarlane, Byrne, Watterson, and Joe Kubert. Again, Watterson, comic strip artist, one of my favorite comic strip creators. The my favorite comic book strip creator in. in in the world joe kubert undeniable the kuberts and are our titans they, they uh, get a wing they get the kubert family wing they have a school already much. just give me a school. uh uh john byrne yeah uh mcfarlane i would say is in the modern uh mm. one for me and uh kirby and morrison obviously no question the, the the thing with uh kirby too and again this is the forever battle mm -hmm. lee or kirby lee or who kirby. do we put on it because again you feel like if you give one the credit you're discrediting the other guy. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the pendulum is kind of swung the other direction. It's like, we should really give Kirby more credit than Lee. But then you look at everything Lee did outside of comics to be this great ambassador and to be this positive dude and this positive force in the industry and everything else. It's like, well, that was valuable too. Even if maybe he didn't do all the work on the actual books week to week. Right. Uh, and that's, that's the, that's the dilemma, isn't it? Because like, if we were to use my qualifier of uh cane versus finger, you know, obviously I feel like Stan has gotten enough of the accolades by this point, but also immortalized in the movie. So that immortalized in everything. Like he, he, his face is forever remembered. And you know, the Disney, uh, influence as well like he's like a Disney epic creator like he'll be synonymous with Walt Disney in terms of like creation and stuff like that like just just perpetuated by the mouse's infrastructure uh, but Lee actually did do those things though sometimes like yeah. <laughs> it's not just it's not like Kane who was like ah maybe we'll make a Batman and then fingers like and I'll do all the rest it's like yeah you know Lee had to come up with these ideas and he also had to push them and he also had to monetize them like it's why I consider, you know, Lee and McFarlane to be kind of like like brothers in terms mm. of like their approach, influence, and also, you know, kind of like capitalistic, greedy mm. element. Like McFarlane knows how to sell a book and how to pitch a book and how to make it look rad. Mm. And it sounds very familiar. A little you bit. Know? Uh, but like also like he friggin drew it, you know, like he's great. Uh, and he's not wrong, you know, like without like you hear the image story all the time about like how image was formed and you have this amazing cadre of creators. But like, who's the guy they all agree was the one who kicked in the doors? Who's the guy who all agree, who they who always agreed? It's our characters. Yeah, it's always like without McFarlane image doesn't exist. Crusader for yeah, comic creators rights and everything. And like you said, everything you love from image, if it wasn't for the spawns and the guys with the big pouches and the guns, it wouldn't right? be, you know, like the third biggest company company for adults that is well respected. Now, man, what a, 
what, 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 what a 180 that company did in just a few decades, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you don't have Saga without Spawn. Don't that, have Walking how, Dead. How weird. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy also mentions uh, Gold and Silver Age creators like Otto Binder. We talked about mm. them. John uh, Broom, Carmen Infantino, mm. William Martin. We talked about Joe Simon. We didn't talk about Infantino is another one. Yes, Infantino. Again, for the Artist Hall of Fame, definitely on there. The guy reinvented the way comics were drawn, how you do motion. He gave the Flash his Silver Age costume, the yep. one that lived in infamy forever there yeah yep. you gotta give infantino his flowers for that one there art would never be the same without infantino infantino's on my list and he's a guy who i feel is almost always overlooked hey also to italian americans in mm -hmm. comics as well that is as well an important chapter yeah yeah also i think he was like either editor-in-chief or publisher of dc uh for a, a spell and uh not nearly as celebrated <laughs> for that as opposed to for his art influence, but he did it, but he did it. Uh, Taylor Petcher says, is Kurt Busiek uh, one of those characters or is he not legendary enough to be that? I say no. Give it time again. There's he's still I mean, I don't think he's young Kurt Busiek, but he's still got many years left in him. Agreed. Well, and like his thing, he's a great writer, uh, but like, you know, his influence on the Avengers and and actually like all over the place, but like, is that enough? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not qualified to answer that, but I will, I will weigh in and say, I don't think so. Uh, same to uh, JM DeMathis, amazing oh. career across so many genres and so many mediums and still working hard this late in his career. JM is like such a workhorse and has always, always challenged the like tonality of the superhero books he writes mm. it's never just like oh it'll, they'll, they'll slap each other like he is the first one to go what is the inner turmoil what is the yes. real conflict absolutely uh, so he's just a creator i love and i like talking about him but uh mitchell says i know this is very obvious but well the third pick uh is jack the king kirby and stan the man lee excelsior agreed like i agree i'm gonna i'm gonna toss it out there as an as an alternative because of because i can't Ditko, he gets like he, he gets one of those like lonely Jefferson memorials. Because, yeah, he, like, he can have a plaque. He he doesn't want it. Like he never no, wanted he really... it. He was, you know, he was a he was a recluse. He was like he was an outsider. Uh let's not freak him out with a yeah. with a big monument. Yeah. Uh no longer with us, but like if you ever read his like little letters which he sent to people, like they're hilarious and they're very antisocial. Trust me. Dude mm. did not want a statue. Um, but I'm thinking, what about this? We immortalize because it's we immortalize the like. What if Lee and Kirby, we Spider-Man split the face? Oh, I like it. Where it's Stan's face that we all recognize. And it's Jack with the cigar on the other side. Oh, fun. And it's like it's celebrating the comic dumb of it. But it also kind of. But I mean, like, I know Kirby fans can be like, what? Kirby deserves a whole <clears throat> the whole you, head. You know what it is? It's Kirby slumped over his desk, cigar in mouth, drawing, and Stan is standing behind him <laughs> talking. That's what yeah, it is. That, that's I the mean, statue. That should be the statue, right? Uh, Tick Noros says, hey, thanks for the great entertainment. You probably already mentioned him, but uh, love him or hate him. What, does Kirkman go on the list? No. I <sighs> Kirkman has done so much for himself and arguably for the industry, too. It's like, hey, man, I made Walking Dead something new, a zombie thing, the biggest fucking multimedia franchise of all time. Again, Kirkman seems like the sort of dude. I don't want a statue, man. I got the money. Yeah, I won. I won several times. I'm good. I'm that's, good. Guys. That's very true. I Kirkman. I love Kirkman. Sometimes I love Kirkman as a person more than I like his work. Mm. There's nothing he's great he to has, listen to. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing he's written to me that has said, wow, this is a game changer. It's just cool or not for me. It's never like, like the zombie genre had already been on its way out when he did Walking Dead. He mm. he reignited people's passion for the for the zombie genre, certainly. Is that enough? There's a there's a great interview out there uh, that I should, I, I'm sure I've said before that people should hunt it down. It's Kirkman talking to Dan Harmon, the guy of Rick and Morty and community fame, for those who don't know. And Harmon is talking to Kirkman about adaptations, and it's like, well, doesn't it worry you that people would take your ideas and misconstrue them and do them in a way that, you know, was not <laughs> true to your vision? And Kirkman's like, nah, man, I cashed the check. It's all good. My books are here. <laughs> My books are here on the shelf, man. Right. It's good. And yeah. like, 
Kirkman is just like the complete anti-Harmon in so many ways. Like, yeah, I have ideas. I write them down. And they're good money-making ideas is what they are. <laughs> yeah. And Harmon's like, no! Basically, where it's just like... And like, they got along, but like, they could not be two separate people when it comes to business and when it comes to writing and creativity. And they both clearly respect each other. And yeah. just to see them like, say, I don't understand you. I don't understand you either. <laughs> I love that. It's a beautiful interview. Yeah. Ruben Gonzalez, hi. Nuff said. Stay awesome, mm. guys. Thank you, Ruben. Uh, Zombie Bait 90, do you include manga authors or is this uh, a or make a monument over there? Manga is uh, a different thing. thing. I don't I don't I don't know enough about it to be able to speak. Neither do I. I, I. I'm shocked they don't have like a manga monument in Japan somewhere. I mean, I guess they have that big Gundam. Yeah, but that's like a Gundam. That's like it's an avatar for the thing that they that they that they're celebrating. Lucas Zalbot. Hey guys, we mentioned Todd McFarlane. He should be considered. We did talk about him a little bit, and I don't think he belongs up there, but I do believe that he'll get there. Like I, I, I've always submitted Todd McFarlane is the new Stan Lee. Mm. If he, if he wanted to, he could be a little more like as much as if you, if Todd didn't sell toys, he would be Stan Lee. But uh. because he does, like he is too friggin' busy. For but, real, but watch him in an interview, in a it, 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 anywhere on his Instagram. He, trust me, don't tell me you don't see Stanley. He's him. a he's a charmer that McFarlane. Yeah. He's a charming fellow. The charming uh, fellow is selling you shit, like selling you plastic. Like <laughs> again, he, he's, is he on the Toy Maker Hall of Fame? Definitely, '90s Comic Hall of Fame. Oh, without a doubt, can't take it away from yeah. Spawn, Spider Man, all that other stuff there. I don't know, you know, if we were to weigh the creativity versus all the changes he's made and all the stuff he's done, he's definitely a mover and shaker. Can't yeah. take that away from he's him. He's influential, and that's the thing is, for me, that is a criteria. Uh, that, that is part of the criteria for me. But, like... And still working hard in 2021 where it's like, look, so I got this Spawn thing that's really popular. What if I take some of the best writers and artists from <laughs> other places, pay them a lot of money and have them come here and do Spawn for me to yeah. put more eyes on Spawn? I'm like, you fucking genius. You. I know. Yeah. He knows the industry well enough to know what to do and how to do it. Where it's like, look, I might not be able to sell a Spawn book with my own name on it anymore. But if I got that Donny Cates fella and put his name on it and some artist people, he could sell it. If he drew it, if he drew, if he was like, I'm back on Spawn, I think it would sell like crazy. It's just that he doesn't want to do that because he's but busy he knows, making money in other places. Yeah. Uh, Sean Conwell, if I missed it, Paul Dini deserves a mention. He we did talk about him, but he did reboot mm. Mr. Freeze and Batman Zatanna. Yeah, he's on the Batman Hall of Fame without a doubt. not the comics one. Uh, Kevin Myers, my two cents, Lee Kirby Morrison, Jim Lee. Mm. Love you guys. Love you too, man. Uh, Jim Lee is a great artist, but like, no. You could definitely argue him for the art hall of fame where it's like, Absolutely. come on, I, I was the 90s. I'm that X-Men book everyone he, thought. That was me. It was him and McFarlane. Everybody wanted to draw like those two. Mm -hmm. also hey also asian american uh, he was self-taught wasn't he jim yeah. lee he didn't yes, he that's was. that's pretty fucking amazing again the the american dream story basically i taught myself to draw changed a whole industry then yep. got very corporate Big near time. the end of my career i don't he really was corporate draw if you hear those image comics like formation stories that dude was planning was was gonna better deal the image creators the second he got a chance. He created Wildstorm specifically as a bar. I I I submit Jim Lee invented Wildstorm as a bargaining chip for an executive position at one of the two big companies. In which case, hell of a business acumen on his part that oh, paid sure. off in a big way. Because yeah, now he's everyone else's boss. I used to draw the books. Now I tell other people to draw the books. That's right. Put 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 Grifter in your book. Yeah, really. I don't think he's the one telling them to do that. Uh, no, Rusky Namono, so. Jim Shooter. We talked about him a lot. Arguably, yeah. Marvel is one of the greatest periods of all time, even if he was an ass. Yeah, the greatest leaders often are not remembered fondly. No, uh, true enough. Yeah, uh, Jimmy, J Jimmy Lee, Eastman and Laird because of uh, TMNT. That's like a pop culture thing. For, like, for e I, I think you could argue for indie comics, they're definitely yes. up there. That we took this thing about nothing and made it a big deal. I would put them there with Trina Robertson and Dan O'Neill and all these other indie comics. Yes. The, the the guys who did uh, Fabulous Furry Freak Brothers, which is getting an animated series in 2021. Are you kidding me? That is insane. <laughs> you know what that is? That's the companies being like, oh, we exhausted all the superhero books and all the well known things what do we do keep going back oh we got all these weird stoner independent comics from the 60s do it arm them yeah uh, put Ron Funches on it. yeah <laughs> and they did and they, they will did. yeah uh Justin Guy with the mustache KF says Garth Ennis I'm broken can't super chat well uh thank you KF and Justin Guy with the mustache Garth Ennis is great 
he don't belong on the on the statue. And he wouldn't want to be on there anyway. He no. hates that kind of shit. No, he really does his thing. He is the definition of an outsider artist. I play my music my way. You can come and listen or you don't. That's fine. Irish creators, definitely on top of the big yeah. Irish creator thing. Uh, Neo-Noir, he gets a wing in the Neo-Noir wing. He's definitely front and center in the Marvel Knights wing for everything he did there. Mm-hmm. Definitely did a lot of things. Comes back every so often. Also, too, a uh, guy who I think we got to give credit for growing and changing with the times, too, and also yeah. not thinking his ideas are the best. When the boys changed much of his story and kept the wife alive, he didn't yeah. go, that's fucking bullshit. That's not how I did. He's like, oh, that's pretty fun. Maybe I should come back and do a new miniseries about the wife then, actually, is what I should do. Okay, I'll do that then. I, I feel like he is like Kirkman in that regard, where he's like, who cares? The book exists, and I have my money. I don't really give a shit. And like, uh, he was on this show, and he literally said the same thing basically where he was like i was like what about changes and stuff he goes i don't care it's all done like i did it already money's good though put another wing on my fucking house (laughs) and i'm like yeah i hear you garth jesus christ and every so often i'll come back and i'll do another punisher he's doing a batman soon enough man yeah uh valentino g not sure if it's mentioned but shout out to ramona Fredon for drawing the beef beef cakeiest Mm. aquaman if you think of aquaman and it's not hook hand it's probably Fredon's version nice um Jimmy Jonathan Lee back again. There should be a Wonder Woman Artist Hall of Fame. Uh, HG Peter, mm. Trina Robbins, George Perez, Phil Jimenez. Yeah, I agree with that. That's right, too. Trina Robbins was not only an amazing underground comic but she was the first woman ever to draw Wonder Woman. And that yes. didn't happen until decades after the fact. Isn't that fucking nuts? Super messed up. Uh, by the way, short Sean Conwell. I'll also mention Alan Moore, mainly Swamp Thing, but also mm. just to hear from Salon Moore. <laughs> I don't have one in me right now, but I... Uh, I appreciate Moore's contributions, but I don't think he is. He would want to be up there, much less should he be up there. Don't put Uh, me on your fucking monument. Yeah, no. Uh, St. Lucia, uh, Julius Schwartz made the Silver Age. Mm. It's fair. It's fair point. Definitely defined an age. That's another thing, too, when it comes to doing a Mount Rushmore. But there's so much stuff here. We'll have to do them by era. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So do we have a do we have a statue? Uh, we we've been throwing a lot in here. Is there anything left in my names that I have to? Oh, here's one. Uh, fucking Larry Hama. Larry Hama. Larry Hama's yeah. great, but GI Joe, Asian American, so many other things. A workhorse that did this yes. stuff for so long. I feel no one gives Hama enough credit, and he's still at it today. Yeah, you could see him. I, I used to see him at every convention. He is a workhorse yep. and a sweet guy. He's great. Yeah, there's a, that, that that was the last. We've actually talked about everyone else on my list. Oh, I nice. Had, All right. I had to throw some love to Hama. There we yeah. go. Yeah, ultimately, for me, I don't even think there should be a Mount Rushmore, like, across the board, whether the it's more ours or whether it's, it, like, it's, like, it's not fair. <laughs> I think everyone deserves, like, a statue of some kind or some kind of, like, memorial. And then, really, I just ask them, like, what do you, what do you want to see? Because I would love to see, like you know, indie creator wall mm. just spray painted the Max and, like, Bone and, oh. you know, like, just, and, like, Scud and all those other, like, you know, off the wall shit. Um, Amazing Zero wants Tom Taylor and Bendis. Like Tom Taylor is too new and give it a few decades and we'll see. Exactly. Exactly. The man's um, making very good strides right now. It's true. It's if true. If he can keep up this level of quality for like another couple decades, then oh yeah, there's going to be the Tom Taylor exhibit as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, let us know in the comments down below. What is your super uh, comic book legendary creator Mount Rushmore? Got to get mm-hmm. four heads. Whose heads are you going to put up on that on that uh, on that mountain? Um, for me, I think it should be like a school, like the Xavier Institute. Yeah, the more we talk about this, it's like, no, why does it have to just be one statue? It should yeah. be a whole interactive museum with yes. branching paths to everybody because comic books is a beautiful tapestry of art made by many different people. Agreed. And the other thing is, of course, like you're going to be influenced by the thing that influenced you the most. Like yeah. you're going you're, to you're, it, it is impossible to, un, to be unbiased. You're going to put on like your favorite creator as well. You're gonna Always, be like, okay, yeah. so it's like Will Eisner and you know, like William Moulton Marsden and uh, uh, Bendis, and it's like, no, hang on a second, or like, oh, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of it, like Eric Larson, like, <laughs> yeah, really. Like, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure Larson would be happy. He'd be there at the ribbon cutting. He'd be thrilled to be there, and he and he cut it in a really a bizarre way. If you've ever seen him draw, it's unbelievable. It's amazing. I've never seen anyone draw like that. We, it's crazy. We saw it at it Fan Expo. We were standing right. I'm like, does, has, has he been doing that his whole career? <laughs> yes, that is that is the kind of hand movement of a person who's been doing it for 30 years. He, he, he does it like a machine. He does it like a printing like, press. Yeah, like, like he's he stabs printing the page. It. It's it's insane. It's truly uh, stunning. Yeah. <laughs> 
But ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you so much for hanging out with us, for being here live. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode of Elseworlds Exchange here on Fridays. We'll see where it goes. Jimmy Jonathan Lee, EC artists like Wally Wood and Harvey Kurtzman. Thank you very much. Mm. Uh, but yeah, like, honestly, truly, like, uh, this was a lot of fun. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully this works out for everybody. Uh, yeah, yeah. If you want to listen to this show or if you are listening to the show, thank you very much. You can find, follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, everywhere where podcasts are found mm-hmm. under Elseworlds Exchange. Uh, also, Off the Rack, our other show where Tiffany and I talk about new comic book reviews. That's its own podcast, also under Off the Rack, also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, everywhere else you can find it. Uh, if you want to help us out, here's the thing. Two places you can do it. One, on this channel. Uh, the best way to do it, like the video. And if they give you a survey, tell them you like us. <laughs> that is the biggest metric for YouTube right now is engagement and letting them know you like us so Mm. give every video that you like of ours a like for whatever reason youtube actually measures that crap two i did not know that actually yeah no it's true uh and uh two go to patreon.com slash comic pop and follow us over there you'll get early access to some videos and also of course you'll get an exclusive show where joel and i will continue this conversation for another 15 minutes or so uh we'll see you guys next time with another episode thank you all so much for being here and we'll see you then i'm sal i'm joel so long everybody Bye bye